Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. folks welcome to the shepherd's crook podcast i'm excited to be talking to a new buddy of mine and you may know him from his uh twitter game and his meme game on the internet i'm talking to josh mayers today how you doing man i'm doing well how about yourself good man i just went over this name and i said mayers instead of myers it's josh myers <laughs> my bad it's all right well why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and then uh, maybe about your family a little bit and what it is you do. I know you, you do some work with uh, motorcycle exhaust. We were just talking about that. So there's some guys that may be interested in that. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into the content yeah. today. I am married. I have six children. And uh, let's see, the oldest will be 18 this year. And the youngest is five. So there's stair-stepped in between there. Don't ask me to quote all of them, how old all of them are. <laughs> but... Right. Uh, I am a welder, fabricator. I'm, I'm kind of one of those country boys that knows how to do a little bit of everything. I've worked on farms. I worked in government thing. But God is just, God is blessed wherever I've went just because I've uh, done all my work as unto him. And so I've always been successful in whatever I've tried to do. Nice. And I know you're a hunter as well, right? And, and where are you now? Where, where are you located down, down south somewhere? I'm in southeast Alabama. Okay. <laughs> and... I don't know if I can classify as a hunter because I haven't shot anything yet this year. Okay. <laughs> Currently, I'm a bird watcher. <laughs> okay. You, I mean, you still got some time, right? I mean, is it mid-January when season closes for you? I got till uh, February 11th. Oh, really? So the, the deer are just, I hunted uh, yesterday afternoon, and the deer are just starting to uh, pre-rut. All the scrapes are torn up. Okay. But uh, they should be going in a rut here in the next couple weeks. Gotcha. Yeah, man, rut starts a lot earlier up here. I think we even talked about that at one, at one point, but I'm getting another tag. I'm getting a doe. I got two bucks this year. I'm going to get a, uh, another doe with my bow, and uh, I'm going out this weekend, I think. But I've got like 50 acres about a quarter of a mile away, away from where I live that I can go. It's a neighbor of mine, and I get to go hunt down there. So I can, get, I can be in my stand in about eight minutes from my house to the stand. It works out pretty good. But, uh, man, I heard that deer are a little bit smaller in the south than they are up north is that true i mean that's what i've heard anyways that's very true i lived in i lived in kansas for uh, several years and i got to see some just monster bucks when mm -hmm. i was a deputy sheriff out there I would, you know, people would hit them with their cars and uh, i saw deer all the time that ought to be on magazine covers right. down here the deer are a little bit smaller uh, like i said they don't rut until usually mid-february they usually get in about the time it starts to warm up again. And uh, we, we typically have about 10 months of warm weather in the deep south where I'm at. And sometimes even more than that. I've taken the kids down to Panama City and we've swam on Christmas Eve before. Oh, wow. So gotcha. we're kind of in the subtropic range. Gotcha. All right. Well, man, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today is we exchanged a little bit of messages about a situation that you're in. And I think a lot of people are in a similar situation. So going into 2021, we have everything from 2020 behind us. We have churches that have decided to cancel service because of COVID. We have everything that's going on with, with government. And just it's just been a, a unique year, I think, for a lot of families, though. We've had, you know, my family has had a great year. And I've talked to so many other families who said that their year was really great in spite of everything that's going on or everything that's been going on. 
but you found yourself in a situation of, of trying to figure out, man, what this church is, is more theologically robust and, and more in line with where I, I need to be. But there's this other church that's committed to gathering and, uh, and they're closer to me. And so, man, I would love for just to, if you to lay that situation out, because I think a lot of people, again, are in that same or similar situation. The, the guys that do listen in that aren't pastors or, or, uh, you know, or maybe elders of a church, and maybe there's some some uh, confusion about what the what the other elders are wanting to do and not do. I think that your your situation can certainly be helpful. So why don't you lay that out for us, and then we'll have a conversation about it. Well, essentially, my situation is I'm kind of a, a I'm extremely principled, and at the beginning of all this, I I I decided that I would not give in to the not meeting together, no matter what situation was. I looked at the, the history of Christians that uh, you take like the Black Plague or whatnot. Christians went to that. Yeah. You know, they, they, uh, I find it hard for, for a person to uh, evangelize someone to say, I have, have the, uh, the way for you to have everlasting life. However, I need to just stand over there. Uh, I don't, I don't want to come in contact with you because I might get sick and die. And uh, so I, I resolve to always meet. Uh, of course, I think nationwide, everybody kind of shut down for a couple of weeks other than uh, a few. And, and that was understandable in some respects, but as things started coming out as they were, uh, we found that, you know, it wasn't as dangerous, the coronavirus wasn't as dangerous as people were saying to normal healthy people. Uh, so we didn't have church for I think five, six weeks. And uh, two weeks I was fine with, three weeks I started, you know, asking some questions to the elders, you know, when are we going to meet again? Or uh, can we do something limited? <clears throat> you know, we need to meet in person. The, the watching sermons on the internet's not a thing. Matter right. of fact, 2020 has made it to where I don't even like watching anybody do service on the internet. Right. <clears throat> it's, it's a poor replacement. Uh, for the gathering of the saints. Amen. Uh, but over time, uh, we were allowed to meet again. But then as uh, uh, the virus kept on, uh, then it was said, you cannot come to church without a mask. Now, I've not worn a mask for the entire year. Man, props to you. I saw that yesterday, man. Well well done. <laughs> I won't wear the, a mask for the next year. Matter of fact, on my shop, I put a sign on the door said, you're not allowed entry if you have a mask on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, but dude, you got to give me a screenshot of that because I got to put that in the show notes. I'd love, right. I'd love to get a picture of that, that sign. I will. I'll do that. The, uh, now I'm in a unique area. I'm, I'm kind of in a redneck area. Now there's a lot of scared people around, you know, still. But typically in my town, we know who doesn't live here because they're wearing masks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of people that come through, head to the beach. It's typically out of towners. But uh, I'm like so many other Christians. We drive over an hour to church because we try to find somebody that now, uh, uh, theologically, I'm reformed. Now, the only reformed church in my county flies rainbow flags out front. So that's wow. not an option no. for us. Uh, so I found a Calvinistic Baptist church, which I can align with on, on many areas. Uh, but just that over an hour drive is quite difficult. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I've thought so often of how liberals kind of take over institutions and churches. Why aren't we doing the same but in reverse? Mm -hmm. Why don't we take back 
churches uh, for Christ. Yeah, that's good. Uh, there's so many churches. I don't, I don't know how things are in your area, but uh, every direction that I can point within about two blocks, there's a church and a crack house mm -hmm. or a meth house these days. Right. That's, that kind of, you know, describes the majority of small town America anymore. And, and the majority of country churches and small churches in these towns, they might have 10 or 15 members. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went through, let me jump back into my story, but I went through uh, not being able to meet, told we can't meet without masks. You know, I, I appealed to the elders several times. Uh, I did have an elder standing up for me, but he got outvoted. Uh, so I have to look at what's better for my family. I, I can't get my kids into the, uh, to the routine of not meeting with other Christians. Yeah. We could do home church as many times as we want, but I need them around other people mm -hmm. as well. I need them around uh, other Christians, uh, other Christians their age, just to see that this is normal. Yeah. Know, wearing masks and being separate and, and putting uh caution tape on rows. That's not normal. No. That, that's, that's abnormal. It's normal to be together. Mm -hmm. So several Sundays ago, I went and visited my grandmother's church and uh, walked, walked in. You sound like my kids. My kids would be the same way if I was yeah. home right now. Hold on, hold on one sec, Josh. <laughs> hey, boys. Hey, hey, fellas. Hey, can you guys go that way or at least shut that door a little bit? Hey, Ransom, shut my door and just leave it cracked. Okay. It's all right. That's good right there. That's my six-year-old son. We got a two-year-old son, almost three, and they're playing out there. We got a little girl upstairs. She's about two and a half weeks old now. She's upstairs right now. Yeah. Congratulations on hey. your daughter. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, so go ahead. My bad. Uh, that's no problem. But uh, I went and visited a uh, uh, church. They had like a homecoming, uh, you know, little country church. Last time I'd been there was when I was a kid, probably. Uh, I went in, there might be 15 members, all mm -hmm. of them in the extreme danger zone for coronavirus, that, that age group. Right. Not to sound uh, disheartening or anything, but realistically, no one in that church will be alive in probably 10 to 15 years, mm -hmm. just statistically for age. All of them come give you a big hug. They, they, you get that cohesion of how church is supposed to be. Right family, friendship, uh, togetherness. Yeah. And just being made to feel welcome and, and being made to, uh, uh, to see the love of Christ, you know, through how we treat each other mm -hmm. and to go a whole year without that in a way, man, is that something great to have? Yeah. Uh, so in the meantime, I started going to my grandmother's church to be obedient to gather with the body. Now, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of reformed people would say, don't dare have church with someone that's not reformed. Yeah, right. Well, there, there's issues, and I, and I think the majority of us have these issues, is, is the, the kind of church that aligns with us doesn't exist where we are. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people don't have it in them, don't have the finances to just move across the country everywhere, constantly mm -hmm. be moving. Why don't we do something where we are? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the one that I'm talking about uh, has 15 members. Well, 
I come with a force of eight when mm-hmm. I join. Right, right. And uh, and though we don't share much theologically, uh, there's time to reform. We have to be patient to reform, and we have to be extremely loving to reform. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in the South, the overwhelming majority of the South is Armenian. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, there's a lot of Armenians that love the Lord. There's a lot that have uh, compromised in areas, but there's a lot of reformed people that have compromised in areas. Very true. Uh, Speaking of the rainbow flags out front. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we could use this unique situation to take back our rule of churches. Yeah, that's good. A lot of them are doctrinally all over the place. You'll have folks that watch TBN, uh, you'll have folks that uh, uh, don't have a lot of deep theological depth. Well, guess what? God has been has been molding men for the last several years for this occasion. Mm-hmm. And doing so, we can't be a hammer about it all the time. There's a time to be a hammer. There's also a time to be a, a, a screwdriver. There's also a time to be a sanding plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can join the, uh, instead of going the city route, because uh, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm not a fan of towns or cities. I'd rather be out in the country myself. Yeah. But uh, we can use these opportunities to reform these churches. And uh, we just have to be patient with it. And we have to do it with love. Yeah, now, that's good. Guys like me, they're a little bit harder. You know, we're kind of hard men. It's, it's, it's difficult to latch onto that, because I'm, I'm not referring to any of this as in the feminine way that most of us take it in. You have to be very patient. You, if somebody, if the preacher preaches something that's very off, take him aside privately, talk to him about it. Say, I, you said this a certain way. Uh, what did you mean by that? Mm-hmm. We can't just be uh, hammers hammering everybody like, like life was Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people take Twitter as real life. I don't remember it. Uh, but we we're, we have a unique opportunity. <clears throat> uh, the church needs men, and it hasn't had men for a long time. We've seen the repercussions of that, and it's time to put the men back in the churches. Yeah. Uh, but we can't always uh, run to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. At some point, we have to stand where we are and, and fight that way. And uh, I've heard, I've talked to several people, I've heard horror stories, people try to do similar things. Uh, all I can say is, is that all we can do is be faithful to what the knowledge that God has given us. Yeah. And we have to be faithful to, to what the Bible says. Those endeavors. We may, in our own lifetime, we may not see fruit from that. But the, the, the time and the work that you put into a small rural church, um, that may not 100% align with you, mm-hmm. that will be seen down the road at some point. You know? Yeah. you know, we would all love to see the fruits of our labors in our lifetime, but that's just not always gonna be accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the route that, that my family is going to, to take an endeavor upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna, we found the rural church, we're going to work to reform it, it may take 10 years, it may take 30 years, it may take one year. I don't yeah, know. Right. All I can do is, is trust in God uh, that he will be faithful to building his church. Uh, Amen. 
It's not Amen. me building it. It's not any man building it. It's just God building the church. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you're prioritizing gathering together and even with your children. You know, there's going to be so many consequences for, for the decades with all these COVID kids. They're already talking about this generation is the COVID generation. And we've been doing the exact same thing that you have been. We, so we missed, our church didn't gather for two weeks. We did the online video for two weeks, but my family was there. My family was at the church building for those two weeks. And then we gathered every single week from that point on. We did a couple of those uh, drive-in services, and then we just started gathering again. And I, I want that year, I don't want my children to look back on that year. I want them to look back and think that was the weirdest year ever. Everybody was crazy, and except our life was pretty normal. You know, I, I want them to experience that. And so I think that, that you're prior, you know, prioritizing that for your family, getting hugs, handshakes, gathering every single week is huge. And I want to see more and more guys do that throughout the country. And boy, I love the idea of taking over, literally taking over for a liberal church, getting there, loving them, helping them, and then in time seeing God work. And that you're exactly right. That's happened with main, mainline denominations for uh, centuries and so why not, why not do it the other way? I love it. Well done. Well, many times in the South, and, I, you know, again, there's always exceptions to this rule, but I've seen this in my area specifically. Many times in the South, despite what denomination it is, uh, it's the same service because there's such a famine of the uh, knowledge of biblical doctrines. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the Baptist church preaches the exact same way as the Methodist church. Gotcha. You know, but the only time you'll see a difference is if a uh, Pentecostal church, you know, just because they do what they do. Yeah. But uh, I think it's time for us to take back what's already been built. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I promise you anybody across this country, um, outside of maybe inner, people that live in our city, I promise you they can find a rural church with almost nobody attending it. Mm -hmm. that is essentially just elderly people mm -hmm. and you've already have a building you already have a base of people that i promise you love everybody and yeah. they are going to be tickled to death that you show up with your children mm -hmm. and uh and you can work over time to reform that church mm -hmm. now Reforming that church, that can mean so many different things. You can, yeah. It could be a Baptist church when you get done. It could be a church that's not, uh, doesn't necessarily have the same quality as Presbyterian church. Uh, you're not going to build a, a, a little Moscow overnight. Or yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to, <laughs> you're going to have to work with it and it's going to, it's going to take a long time. Uh, I look at what, uh, you know, Doug Wilson did in Moscow. He was a Southern Baptist when he started that. Right. Yeah, I knew yeah, I It's heard taken that. a few decades to get mm -hmm. to where they're at. And so it's going to take a few decades to get anything done in our own homes. Yeah, that's good. And, but it's a worthy cause. It is. Yeah, very true. Well, let, let's uh, shift gears a little bit and let's talk about let's talk about some humor and being able to point out the ridiculousness that's been going on all around us from the internet, but to real life right in front of us, from the, uh, you know, the arbitrary rules that just make no sense. In our town, you can be in an enclosed tent outside of a restaurant that has no ventilation, but you can't be inside the restaurant that does have ventilation. And it's mm -hmm. just so silly. Well, you've been 
on and off of Facebook. It looks like you've been kicked on and off about 10 or 15 times. I don't know. But man, I tell you, every time you post something, I'm loving it. So it seems very intentional. What? Tell us the reasons you do what you do on the internet with those memes. Is it just to be funny? Because even if it's just to be funny, that's great. But it seems like it's very intentional. So to, like, why, why do you do what you do uh, with, uh, with all that meme stuff? Well, I was the guy that uh, back in high school or, and even younger, I drew mustaches on all the pictures in the school books. Uh-huh. And so it, memes tend to go along with my personality. But uh, uh, I have been kicked off of basically all the social media platforms a couple of times in the last few years. Uh, never for anything uh, inappropriate. It's usually politically incorrect or uh, uh, against the current narrative of the day but I like to bring humor and I like to bring uh, hard truth through humor uh, it, it's it's something that that hits at more than one type of uh, listener because uh -huh. it, it could be funny and then it could also uh, be obvious uh, I steal a lot of memes and I make a lot of memes and we all share them amongst each other uh-huh Facebook is kind of my main meme platform. I don't do much on Facebook other than uh, share memes and whatnot. Twitter, I get a little bit more interactive. Uh -huh. you know, you'll occasionally have a Twitter spat with somebody or an argument back and forth. But uh, I look at social media as kind of a training ground of how to, do, how to talk with difficult people. Yeah. Now, I, I was in law enforcement for 15 years, so I'm well-versed at talking with difficult people but I look at it as a way to talk about difficult issues and uh, and then being forced to uh, condense that mm -hmm. to where you just get your main points out now, yeah. I know most of the time it's all taken out of context and misunderstood but then it should also be teaching us how to uh, not hold so much against people yeah. because you can't infer tone many times in, in and messages and whatnot, but it's yeah. a good training ground. Well, I love what you do, and I hope everybody that's listening will go and follow you, find you, and follow you. I'll put this all on the, on the show notes. But today, it wasn't a meme that got me, but yesterday, the the Congress <laughs> uh, opened in prayer, and instead of just saying amen, they said amen and a woman, <laughs> a woman. <laughs> and uh, today, you posted something, and I just I, I got such a kick out of it. I'm going to read it because it's just so good. Uh, and then, you know, you know, listeners, you, you, this is this is so helpful. You can get people laughing, but also, you know, you can get to a real truth through stuff like this. But here, here's what Josh says. He says, words you probably won't see them womanizing. Meningitis, women, <laughs> womenitis, uh, menopause, womenopause, mental illness, womental illness, <laughs> men sing, women sing, manipulator, woman manipulator, maniacal, womanical. Uh, manure, woman, <laughs> woman, is he fit or is he fit? <laughs> Dude, I can't even read that without dying laughing, man. That's so good. And and hopefully, you know, you read that and you get the point of how ridiculous, you know, that this is our Congress. This is the elected, this is elected officials in our country. And this is where we've gotten with such ridiculousness. And then you see. <laughs> And I just love it, man. We need more people doing what you're doing because I think there needs to be an awakening. I think that 2021 could be the year where everybody looks around a little bit and they finally stop playing games and they're, they're, they just kind of look at each other and, and say, you know what? There's only two genders. Mm. You know what? 
all white people aren't racist. You know what? Two plus two is four. I'm sorry. I think that this, this could be the year that people just stop being so stupid. I hope mm-hmm. it is. But I, I love what you're doing because it gets to that point. It, it calls out ridiculousness. Well, I think also, too, it, uh, speaking, I guess, with a serrated edge as such, yeah. you know, and the humor, it also helps people realize uh, where things are as a nation. You know, uh, as we have redefined our language over the last several years, uh, it, it lets us see where we're at, that, that Romans 1 mm. category of a nation. Yeah. Uh, to where people have been given over to deba- debased minds to to do that. Yeah, and and it, and it should be a wake up call to the church. Uh, now that that's not doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, uh, I think I was I was talking to somebody the other day because in many ways we refuse to don the armor of God and and take the fight. Mm-hmm. Our our God has decided He's going to bring the fight to us. Yeah, and so. Uh, well, we can either start fighting or you can lay down and die. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not a gu- lay down and die guy. No. Yeah. yeah agreed. I'm going to go out with my boots on. One That's way good. Another. That's good. And uh, listeners, if you just have loafers, go out and get some boots, not die with your boots on. <laughs> uh, so two questions, two more questions and we'll wrap it up here, Josh. I've, I've appreciated this. Number, number one, what's your concealed carry gun? Well, it depends. At work, I carry a Glock 42 because it's small. I don't okay. bang it up against nothing. But yeah. I'm a 1911 guy. I carried a 1911, I think, for 13 years as a law enforcement officer. So I have a, well, I have two 1911s. I have two Kimber 1911s. Nice. And I, I typically carry those. I have a full size. And then I have, like, the, the commander size. I don't know what they call it. But uh, Alabama, or Kimber's moving their stuff to Alabama. Really? It's about, it's about 50 miles from me. So I got a. Alabama edition Kimber. Very cool. But, uh, I like the 1911s. I know a lot of people like the modern, uh, like Glocks or Springfield mm-hmm. XDs, but I just like the 1911. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, I ask everybody before you get off of here, to, I just really want to set you up. I always want to bring it back to, to Jesus, to his grace, to what he's done for us. And so I set people up for the end to be able to close out on praising God for his grace. And so, you know, uh, Josh Myers, why do you love Jesus so much? I love Jesus because while I was still a sinner, he died for me. Amen. Sorry for all that exhaust noise. That's all right. That's all right. But uh, while I was still a sinner, he died for me. Uh, I, I deserve I deserved zero grace. Mm. Matter of fact, I deserve to be cast into hell. Yeah. And... Uh, it can only be a grace from God to not, to not be done. So mm-hmm. why I'm still living today is in, in my eyes, proof uh, that, that God loves me mm-hmm. and uh, because I don't deserve, you know, to be here. Uh, I've been through quite a few trials in my life. Uh, my first wife was killed and my, mm-hmm. and I had a daughter that was killed in a mass shooting. Oh, man. And so I've been through quite a lot and, God's hand was in every single piece of it. Mm. And uh, anybody that, that tells me there's no God, there's this a complete lie. Huh. And, uh, I, I see him in every aspect of life. Yeah. And I think that if we would start being more intentional 
and, mm-hmm. and recognizing God in every area of our life providentially. I mean, just to sit and, and imagine providence in our own lives mm-hmm. is mind boggling. Mm-hmm. It, it overloads your brain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it's not focusing on yourself because that, it, it, it turns your focus outward <coughs> to God. And, uh, uh so life, you know, life itself yeah. just makes me love God more. Amen. That's so good. That's one of the reasons we named our daughter Providence is just loving the providence of God and seeing his mercy. And uh, I'm sorry for the loss of your first wife and your daughter. And praise God that he's been faithful through that. And you'll get to see him again one day, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, I know I will. Amen. Well, I've been talking to Josh Myers. Thanks so much for coming to the show, man. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.